0: Welcome to Creative Biolabs, we offer custom contract research services and products, covering the entire process of CAR-T cell therapy development. In this brand new podcast series, we will show you everything you want to know about CAR-T therapy, including the mechanism, current applications, technology limitations, and potential strategies. Hope you will enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Creative BioLabs Podcasts and taking the time to listen to us talking about research and views on therapy. This is Beth Miller, your host. And let's welcome Dr. William Smith as our guest. Dr. Smith is a journal editor in the field of immunotherapy. He has introduced a lot about therapy in the previous episodes and will introduce us more in today's program.
1: Nice to meet you, Beth, and thanks for inviting me to be here
0: graft-versus-host disease, or GVHD, which occurs after allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, is a disease in which the immune system goes out of control and attacks itself in an autoreactive manner. In the last episode, we mentioned that regulatory T-cells have great potential for down-regulating excessive autoimmune responses. Therefore, multiple translational approaches have been sought to unravel the suppressive capacity of regulatory T cells for GVHD to manage and even prevent this fatal complication clinically. The most reliable approach is to establish long term tolerance within the graft without impairing the beneficial graft versus leukemia effect. After understanding the various characteristics of regulatory T cells and their immunomodulatory role in preclinical models of GVHD, We further discuss the mechanism of immunosuppression by regulatory T-cells. Today, we will start with the pathogenesis of acute GVHD. Could you introduce more about it?
1: Sure. You chose a good topic to start it. The pathogenesis of classical acute GVHD is divided into three stages. First, the innate immune system establishes an inflammatory environment triggered by conditioning regimens. Antigen presenting cells then build a link between the innate and adaptive immune systems by activating alloreactive T cells. Ultimately, the destruction of the target organ is executed by these T cells. Regulatory T cells can regulate immune responses at their initiation in secondary lymphoid organs, as well as during their progression and termination in inflamed or infected non lymphoid tissues. However, it has been shown that regulatory T-cells are especially important during the early stages of disease induction. At this stage, they collocalize with conventional T-cells in lymphoid organs and go on to provide potent long-term protection. Because regulatory T-cell transfer later points after bone marrow transplantation can reduce the attenuation of GVHD. In established generalized inflammation, regulatory T-cells may be quantitatively and functionally overwhelmed by allogeneic effector T-cells and the inflammatory cytokine storm that is characteristic of acute GVHD. I've
0: got another question. Do regulatory T-cells remain active and cause excessive immunosuppression?
1: That's a good question. Well, continuous activation of regulatory T-cells does not occur under normal circumstances. In general, regulatory T-cells are energic and thus do not proliferate upon antigen stimulation, but require T-cell receptor stimulation for activation. Regulatory T-cells are selected in the thymus by their increased autoreactive potential. They are easily self-identifying and are activated only by a small stimulus. Thus, regulatory T-cells exhibit inhibitory activity independent of antigen specificity. This offers hope for the treatment of allogeneic hematopoietic cell transplantation, as regulatory T-cell or conventional T-cell histocompatibility does not appear to be a necessary condition for suppression. However, recent findings suggest that sustained T-cell receptor signaling is required for regulatory T-cell suppressive function.
0: So, what factors are required to participate in the regulation of regulatory T-cells to successfully exert the function of immunosuppression?
1: During the early stages of acute GVHD, when the conditioning regimens, irradiation, or chemotherapy caused local tissue damage, pathogens and so-called pathogenicity-associated molecular patterns cross the compromised skin and gastrointestinal epithelial barriers. Expression of cytokines, chemokines, adhesion molecules, and danger signals ultimately induce host dendritic cell maturation and priming of alloreactive T cells. It has been demonstrated that only regulatory T cells with high expression of CD62 ligand can effectively suppress GVHD. Therefore, to prevent the activation of antigen presenting cells and conventional T cells, regulatory T cells must enter the draining lymph nodes through the expression of the CD62 ligand. In addition, the expression of some homing receptors is essential for the migration of target tissues later in GVHD.
0: I remember that among the materials I previously read, one article writes that reducing the co-stimulatory activity and capacity of antigen-presenting cells represents the first level of suppression of T-cell activation managed by regulatory T-cells. Is it right?
1: That's correct. Shortly after the discovery of regulatory T-cells, some researchers found decreased CD80 and CD86 expression in dendritic cells. Subsequently, two-photon microscopy was used to demonstrate long-sustained contact of regulatory T-cells with dendritic cells while inhibiting the long-term binding of conventional T-cells to antigen-presenting cells in its secondary lymphoid organs. Cytotoxic T-lymphocyte-associated protein 4, known as CTLA4, is a major receptor that inhibits regulatory T-cell immune activation. This protein is a high-affinity receptor for CD80 and CD86. In addition, it is especially important when receptor-deficient mice develop severe lymphoproliferative disorders. So far, the direct inhibitory signaling pathway that CTLA-4 is involved in remains controversial. A common hypothesis is that one mechanism of dendritic cell inhibition stems from the competitive binding of CD80 and CD86 through a higher affinity for CLTA4 than for CD28. This theory is supported by data showing that CTLA4 upregulates lymphocyte function-associated antigen 1. This may result in an even increase in persistent cell-to-cell contact between the regulatory T cell and antigen-presenting cell.
0: It appears recent reports have suggested another mechanism. Maybe you can elaborate a bit?
1: Yeah, of course. Another mechanism is that CTLA-4 binds and removes CD80 and CD86 from the surface of dendritic cells via internalization and degradation within regulatory T cells by a process called transendocytosis resulting in deep and sustained dendritic cell suppression. Furthermore, CTLA-4 induces dendritic cells to produce endolamine dioxygenase, which initiates tryptophan metabolism. Tryptophan depletion strongly inhibits T-cell proliferation and cytokine production. The expression of endolamine dioxygenase may also cause a tolerance phenotype of the endolamine dioxygenase-expressing cells themselves. Endolamine dioxygenase is a major suppression-inducing molecule because it also stimulates the new development of regulatory T-cells through high TGF-beta production by dendritic cells, as well as strong activation of existing regulatory T-cells and inhibition of regulatory T-cells reprogramming into inflammatory T-cells.
0: As we know, lymphocyte activation gene 3 is another regulatory T-cell receptor. Could it mediate the inhibition of conventional T-cells and antigen-presenting cell activation? And any other molecules needed to be
1: mentioned? It is possible. Lymphocyte activation gene 3 binds to major histocompatibility complex class 2. In addition, conventional T cell also expresses lymphocyte activation gene 3, which makes these cells more susceptible to regulation by the regulatory T cell. Other inhibitory surface molecules of regulatory T-cells include CD30, which was shown to be essential in the early protection of regulatory T-cells by GVHD. Also, CD39 and CD73 degrade the danger-signal extracellular adenosine triphosphate to the immunomodulatory molecule adenosine, resulting in metabolic inhibition of effector T-cells. However, regulatory T-cells also exhibit a direct killing mechanism. They kill dendritic cells by releasing perforin, and granzymes A and B induce apoptosis of target cells such as CD4-positive and CD8-positive T-cells, monocytes, and dendritic cells. In addition, the ability of B-cells to interfere with activation, class switching, antibody production, and perforin and granzyme-induced apoptosis, the interaction of PD1 with its cognate ligand, has been investigated. B-cell suppression is worth considering in GVHD. Because B-cells can act as antigen-presenting cells of effector cells, they play a major role in chronic GVHD.
0: I also read articles that show early neutrophil activation and migration to target organs are important in the pathogenesis of acute GVHD. This brings great interest to the suppression of this intercellular compartment by regulatory T-cells during GVHD. Could you please give us more information about this?
1: Sure. Regulatory T-cells can reduce the migration ability of neutrophils and induce neutrophil apoptosis. And, recently, a study found that regulatory T-cells can even contribute to immune regulation by promoting the immunosuppressive properties of neutrophils. For other innate immune cells, regulatory T-cells are also able to suppress the cytotoxic ability of natural killer cells through a cell-cell contact-dependent mechanism. Furthermore, regulatory T-cell directly down the activation of monocytes and macrophages through the interaction of Fas and Fas ligands. This results in decreased cytokine secretion and stimulated molecule expression and the inducement of monocyte apoptosis.
0: Besides the great possibility that regulatory T-cell suppresses antigen-presenting cell activation, are there studies describing the mechanism of conventional T-cell inhibition?
1: The answer is yes. Conventional T-cell inhibition includes impaired expression of homing receptors, adhesion molecules, and chemokine receptors resulting in reduced migration, impaired proliferation, and cytokine production. Sustained expression of the high-affinity interleukin-2 receptor chain CD25 is required for regulatory T-cell survival and function. Moreover, it is thought to induce apoptosis by depleting interleukin-2 access to conventional T-cells by depriving cytokines. In addition, the regulatory T-cell can interact with dendritic cells through CTLA-4 or with conventional T-cells, thereby inhibiting the initiation of T-cells. Several studies have shown that regulatory T-cell interferes with CD8-positive cytotoxic activity. This is either cell contact mediated or arises from a TGF-beta-dependent mechanism.
0: It has been suggested that TGF-beta is the main factor of tolerance induction. What is the reason?
1: Because in the absence of further inflammatory stimuli such as interleukin-6, TGF-beta will lead to the expression of FOXP3 and the generation of peripheral-inducible regulatory T-cells. In addition, TGF-beta can enhance the expansion and suppression activity of regulatory T-cells. At the same time, it inhibits the proliferation and function of effector T-cells and the production of B-cell immunoglobulins. Finally, regulatory T-cells interfere with dendritic cell maturation in a TGF-beta-dependent manner.
0: We've mentioned interleukin-2 and interleukin-6. Well, interleukin-10 is another important effector molecule of regulatory T-cells in the process of GVHD, isn't it? Any other factors?
1: Yes, because interleukin-10 mediates immunosuppression, especially at epithelial barriers that encounter the environment, such as the lung or skin. They represent GVHD target organs. Several studies have shown that interleukin-10 secreted by donor regulatory T cells may play an important role in the induction of GVHD. These data are supported by a study that found an association between polymorphisms in the interleukin-10 promoter and GVHD. Besides, studies have found that interleukin-35 is also an important inhibitory cytokine produced and secreted by the regulatory T cell. In one aspect, interleukin-35 inhibits the proliferation of effector T cells. This is partly contact dependent, as the secretion of interleukin-35 is increased upon regulatory T cell conventional T cell contact. Furthermore, interleukin-35 promotes the conversion of conventional T cells to induced regulatory T cells, whose regulatory activity is mainly driven by interleukin-35.
0: Taken together, the data from numerous studies paint a complex picture of regulatory T-cell suppression at multiple levels of the immune response. This includes direct cell contact mediated effects as well as indirect mechanisms of soluble factor secretion and metabolic inhibition of target cells. Thanks for you sharing Dr. Smith and it is nice talking to you. I guess this is the end of our program today. Hope you like it. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for your attention. See you next week.